0: Ready? Ready. What's up, guys? It's Willie Robertson with a Willie Robertson podcast. We have a, uh, oh man, we got a show for you today. Um, You know, you never know how these things are going to turn out. And uh, so, Corey and I, uh, we started having Friday nights with friends. And so, the thought process was we invite. Somebody that we know that we met somewhere along the road on our travels and uh and we come in just to talk to our community and then they hang out with us and uh uh just something cool for the community it was kind of a give back it's free to show up and uh so we had Louis Giglio come in and uh and then Louis ended up coming to do the podcast which was awesome and um, so our second big uh our second big one was uh just last night actually and we had uh hank fortner come in hank's going to be with us today and uh, now hank um so here's the story so sadie was on dancing with the stars and so she's in los angeles basically for four months so Corey and i would go out Corey went out every weekend and i would go kind of every other weekend because we were still filming duck dynasty and um, we were looking for a church somewhere to go because it dancing with the stars films on Monday and so we were looking for somewhere to go uh to church cuz typically we we're out there on Sunday and so we found this place uh called Mosaic and um uh, it's in Hollywood is a great uh great church and we were super inspired and uh, uh, Irwin Erwin is was the minister and I never forget I showed up and uh Uh, I loved hearing Irwin speak. And one night I came in, it was like, oh, we've got the other pastor, one of the other pastors, not the, ah, shoot, you know, uh, missed it. You know, I should have come last week, you know. And the speaker was Hank Fortner, and I had low expectations of Hank. And Hank gets up, and I was, like, totally blown away. And then I thought, how many good speaking pastors? Because let me tell you, these cats go an hour and if you'd have told me because cory said like willie it's awesome because she had been to the church before i had she says willie it's so great and the speakers are so great and uh so how long do they speak she said an hour and i was like whoa whoa that's a long it's a long time to keep uh willie's attention uh and a sermon and she says believe me just come and so i went and uh so hank was the pastor blew me away we met him and erwin as well and uh so we had invited uh um, uh, Hank to come out to our Friday night with friends. Uh he spoke last night and uh uh we had a great night which we're gonna talk about here in a second. But
1: uh Hank, how you doing buddy? Doing great. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. What do you call the you call this like like duck zero, duck ground zero? What do you uh, call what do you call well, where we are? Right we're now? actually
0: open for names, but um it's actually the my kids former game room uh which is uh but we ne- we need to name this
1: place. We should. I mean the whole the whole property is it's gotta have like a you know, like the like almost like the ranch names when you have the the name of the ranch over top when you drive in, right, you, yeah. you're now yeah. driving onto the governor's land or something. I don't know. You all right.
0: Hank place. has uh, challenged us. Uh, also, I'm joined by my lobby assistant, John D. Sorry, John D. I forgot to introduce it's you. All right. I That's didn't know you had the headphones on. We've been sitting here talking for a while, and so <laughs> I didn't realize John D. I had was the just headphones being on. all quiet over here. Yeah, just... It's, it's uh, quiet. So, uh, um, John D., put that on the list of things to do, um, is to name this place. And so, uh, I want to name the room, too. Yeah. I like the... The podcast room needs a name. The podcast room, yeah, it needs some name. Maybe we could uh, sell that off or something. like the
1: Mercedes Benz, like maybe your child. <laughs> the Merce- we were just Mercedes Benz, about. if you're listening, yeah, yeah, yeah. that one's yeah. for free. Sponsors, all sponsors listening, the podcast name is up for is up is for, up for yeah. Just, yeah. We'll sell
0: exactly. it So or we'll trade for stuff. So we don't need
1: <laughs> we don't need currency.
0: We could take the the cars, cool ch- stuff. Yeah. Oh no, I was thinking like beach jerky or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking food wise, we could name this place. <laughs> Uh, I'm into chicken sandwiches. So Hank, you uh, you live in Los Angeles. Uh, tell us a little bit. Uh, tell uh, the person who's listening that may not know who you are. Uh, tell them what you do and where you came from, and just the quick
1: Hank story. Well, wow, the quick Hank story. So I live in Los Angeles. I have my wife. I'll start. To, I'll start you to the end. I have a wife and two daughters, and we live in Hollywood, Los An- Hollywood, California, right there in the n- middle of Los Angeles. And I've lived in L.A. for 10 years. Prior to that, I lived in southern Ohio, Cincinnati, Dayton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And I grew up really uniquely uh, because my parents were anti-establishment and a little crazy. My mom and dad, amongst a lot of things that we did, my parents didn't believe in public education. Mm. My mom said that uh, school is brainwashing and crowd control. And she preferred that brainwashing be done in the privacy of our own home. Really? So we were, <laughs> none of us went to school while I was growing up. So what was great about that is I had an aunt and uncle in Colorado. I had a grandparents in Florida. And I had an aunt, aunt and uncle, or another grandparents uh, in Michigan. So I would live three months a year in all those different places. I would spend the ski season in Colorado, and I would do school that way because I was mostly independent study. Then I would. Were be- you
0: doing school for real, or was
1: it kind of like. Halfway school. Well, uh, but my dad kind of scared me into it. He's There's these tests you have to take when you're homeschooled called the Iowa Basics. Mm-hmm. If you pass the Iowa Basics, everything's cool. If you fail it, the state comes in and goes, you're not really educating your kid. You're working uh, him to okay. death, whatever. So my dad would hand me the practice test and say, if you can't pass this, you're going to have to go to school, which is a terrible place. Yeah. So <laughs> I were. And I'm a guy you can make afraid pretty easily. So I just worked hard. And I also love school. I love learning. I love books. I love reading. I was reading like John Grisham novels at the age of like nine. Ah. So I loved consuming things. You've never been to formal school? No, I went to community college when I was 14. I started going to community college. At 14? At 14. So that was as formal as it got, but I never went to like a junior high or a high school or Hmm. elementary school. So no sports? No? I still played sports. They let the homeschool kids in. Ah, okay. Uh, and you just get to be the, you're the weird kid. You're the one who's like, oh, there's that guy. <laughs> and, and you're not the weird kid in like, a, well, I was weird anyways, but they would look at it and go, this guy doesn't have to go to school, and he still gets to play baseball. And they would ask you, what do you do all day? You're like, well, I do school for like two hours, and then I do whatever I want. Huh. And, and, and we had a big family, so my parents. Yeah, they, tell me about these foster, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's a pretty so my mom story. said that God put her on earth to be a mother, and my dad said that God put him on earth to make mother happy. So my mom had three of us biologically and then said, Oh, we gotta fill our home with babies And my dad was like, Oh, okay And so we started fostering kids. So for a seven year period we had thirty six foster kids come through our wow. home Wow Unbelievable. It was it was an adventure. And it would it literally the doorbell would ring and mom would go, Hey, can somebody get the doorbell? Uh we we're getting another baby today and there would be like I'm like we're kind of full. <laughs> and then and then they would drop off a child. Some some would stay for 2 weeks at a time, some would stay for 2 months, and we had three kids that stayed for over 3 years. Wow. Um and stayed with us. And then my parents decided that the foster care, I mean there's a lot of uh joy in that, but you you when you're when you're a foster parent and anyone listening, especially your listeners who are foster parents, you absorb all of the pain and all the hurt and all the complexity that that child as little as he may be has endured. So when you're doing that, uh, it takes a toll on you after seven or eight years, and we wanted permanence. We were done with the, you know, take care of a child for three years and then a knock on the door, and they say, hey, we're going to take him hmm. now. Um, that happened three years, and it was it was just, we were done. Right. So we started adopting because we wanted that permanence, and so my parents went on to adopt eight kids from six different countries. Hmm. Uh, so now our our dinner table looks a lot like the gathering at the United Nations. Yeah, that. <laughs> Bolivia, and we're and whenever we do Fourth of July, just to be just to be fair, we do Fourth of July. But when we do the games, every person gets to play for their country, so it's more like the Olympics. <laughs> so we have China. China usually China can usually beat Bolivia, but a lot of times Guatemala lately has just been taking Guatemala has been on oh, fire. Guatemala, my little brother, small story. My little brother's ten years old. He's adopted from Guatemala. He has a free tennis coach right now because the tennis coach says he's this kid's going to be my calling card. He's going to college for free as a tennis player. He has a free baseball tutor, and my dad's his coach because the baseball guy is going. This guy's going to college for free to play baseball. So wow. a ten year old. So I told my dad. Eleven kids later, you finally got the athlete. Exactly. You always wanted. I, it didn't happen biologically. Right. No. I right. was like, it's it was my fault. I was working with your DNA. <laughs> if I'm not an athlete and I couldn't deliver. Because nobody, nobody played in college sports. I got cut my freshman year of college. That's insane. Well, and I uh,
0: have somewhat of a similar uh, sort of background, you know, with our family. And i never forget I had a buddy. And uh, he, I had a friend, and uh, we got to be buddies, and I sent him a Christmas card of our family. And he calls me up, and he goes, hey, Willie, um, uh, just got to ask, man, What, what's up with this <laughs> – <laughs> who exactly like, i'm not getting like i'm seeing these kids and they don't look a lot like you <laughs> yeah and so right? uh so yeah there were some asian and all sort of different flavors on the christmas card so uh what's your what's your bedroom look like was, i was I, there how many people were stuffed in?
1: i mean with that many people yeah and we had a small house like my because yeah, fam- i'm say, a yeah, lot yeah, of people gonna... would be like man what'd your dad do he must have been rich i'm like no, we just – I didn't have my own room until I was 21 years old, until I bought a house. I had to buy a house to have my own room. Get, yeah. Because I went to college, and they give you a dorm you – you get a dorm room. But I lived in a room with uh, – it was kind of like the entryway of a house, and then we just put beds and things. So if you, if you came in the side door of our house, you walked straight into my bedroom, so everybody walked through. So, so everybody, yeah. Everybody would walk through. I grew up –
0: I was in the laundry room. Cause oh, wow. it was an untapped space because it was the laundry room and also a uh, pantry mom had extra groceries in there and it was the last little room in the house and uh so um we grew up at the same house that's on the show where we filmed mom and dad's you know with the dinner scenes and um there was two bedrooms so there's four boys oh, two wow. bedrooms yeah. mom and dad took one of the bedrooms, obviously. The other bedroom was ours and so uh all four of you in that. All four of us, wow. yeah. And so uh yeah, a lot of cow I mean I can't just imagine like right now couch. I'm
1: thinking it's about how much that what that room smells like. One bathroom and one bathroom yeah, for the whole house. What did that room smell like is Mike? My- oh it was it was awful it was, it was, was awful that's because, because also ripe, I That's was a, a ripe smell a, smelling Because I was
0: a chronic bedwetter and uh, <laughs> And y'all all shared bath water. <laughs> oh and we all yeah, one bath. <laughs> wow. One bath. So when we, you ran that water mom would take the first bath and then dad, and then it trickled down to the kid, you know. and You do not and,
1: want to be the youngest. And what's weird is I never
0: be- thought anything weird about it. Like, it wasn't until I got married and mentioned, oh, yeah, well, should we save the bathwater for the kids <laughs> and – Corey's like, no, we can just run a new
1: path. And they have was their own a, bathrooms. Was and there was a like, water shortage? That's like apocalyptic water shortage. That's what's kind of so stuff. strange.
0: You would think <laughs> we were like in some third-world country where there was no water. No, we had a well. So I'm assuming <laughs> water that's pulled from the earth, there's a pretty good supply of then that. They probably weren't, it wasn't city water, didn't the they? It, wasn't, it yeah. was free. I mean, well, I mean wow. we, paid, we had to put the salt. That was our job, to put the salt in the tank or whatever for the water. Uh, but, no, we just conserved water. And, wow. And so we all... They need a little of that in California By, by the right time now. I got to the bath, it was a sketchy <laughs> you situation. You were never clean. But I, well, I mean, you know, I tried. You can't get clean. We were poor. What was I supposed to do? I mean, it was the situation I grew up in. <laughs> but then I grabbed that laundry room. I thought, you know what? I could throw a bed in here yeah. and... I could live in this, and so, I mean, for years, I didn't know how to go to sleep without a dryer going, because that was, <laughs> that dryer had to be rolling.
1: That's a, that's, I sleep with a fan. I feel like it's a dryer. Was, yeah, that such dryer great, was just, yeah, mm-hmm. just lull you to
0: sleep every day. Now, one night when I was, uh, I was a junior in high school, and I had left the door open, the light was on, and I went to sleep, and I woke up with this searing, searing pain in my ear, and... um so I go and actually wake up mom and dad, which is a you know, we rarely woke up my dad, and I am just like something's wrong, you know, I busted my eardrum something. So my dad's not a doctor at all, but he always had these remedies, and he said, oh, I know what we can do. So he takes a bottle of camphophenique and what's that? Which is used for like, you know, I think it's for like uh, to put on. A scrape or something, and but he decides this may work, so he says, "Tilt your head down," and he just fills my ear with camphorine, some kind of like, antibiotic like liquid. Neosporin. Yeah, he just pours that in my ear. Like this may help. It it slowed down the pain, but there was still this like yeah. it was a slowing pain. So finally, my dad says, "Take him to the hospital." I don't know what's wrong with him. I'm screaming. I'm so we get the hosp- we get the emergency room. It's like three in the morning. Doctor's looking in my ear and he goes, "Ooh, there's something in there." And he said, "It has hair." And I'm like, "Oh, no, I, this is some mutant ear right. ball wax." Right. My, <laughs> and he said it also has legs. At this point, I'm like, "What?" So he Spider. reaches in my ear with these long tweezers. Mouse. It is a cockroach. No way. Has has went in the tunnel. And has hit the eardrum. No, no. And he's just... So all this pain was him trying to basically crawl through my brain matter.
1: <laughs> oh, my god! Well,
0: the camphor slowed him down. So now he's like half drowned, you know, because he's in this liquid. So that was the slowing pain. Let me tell you something. If you've never had a cockroach burrow itself in your ear, going in's bad. When he scratches, it's horrible. When they pull that sucker out of your ear... It is pain like you've never. The pressure of something coming out of your eardrum. And he popped that sucker out. And then it broke apart. How big is this? I mean, it's like. I'm talking a two inch long, it's a giant cockroach. And he basically pulled the body. Then he has to pull all the legs, out, all the you know oh, everything else gosh. that broke off. Were, in were there. you
1: sleeping in the in the swamp? Where, where no, did... I was in my bedroom. I was in you the laundry you room on the floor. So the, the door that makes me want to sleep with earplugs. Like tonight, no chance. I'm, the, I'm sleeping hang, with earplugs. The door
0: is ajar. Okay, the light is left on. And then Louisiana in the summer, you will have more insects attracted that light. And so all these bugs oh, were wow. flying around. I'm asleep. And one of them just decides to hit pay dirt, and- I would.
1: I'm sleeping with earplugs tonight, <laughs> so that yeah. freaks me out beyond words. I mean, he could have done like severe permanent damage. Oh yeah, he- to your ear or your brain. I mean, he could have. That's, that's I can't hear half of what you're saying now, be,
0: probably because <laughs> of that. So, so there are drawbacks to sleeping in the laundry room yeah. uh, if you leave the door open and the light on. So, I want to get into what about last night. So, uh, so Hank uh, gives a great speech now. Super interesting. Uh, Hank shows up in a white suit. Now, I've worn a white suit or two in uh, my day uh, as the boss hog. And so he has this white suit, and you give this great lesson about colors, kind of colors of life. And so mm-hmm. you had a girl throw, um, what is that, like color run dust on you. Yep. and uh, it was- Holly
1: powder. It's designed. It's actually design, it's, we stole the idea in America for the color runs from the, uh, the Holly Festival in India. Oh, is that So that's think. where if you look at the Holly festival, like it's all over Snapchat, it's all over Instagram if you search for it. The whole city is full of this powder that people are just covering with themselves. In. Oh, that's it's, a, it's I don't know. Yeah,
0: I didn't know where it came from, but it's a great lesson and uh very uh everybody that was there was uh impacted by it. So so then uh uh we started this with Louie. We we said well, hey, come to the house and we invite friends, family uh my brothers are there. People come by and we just hang out. And I've got this outdoor pizza oven. And so I start cranking up pizzas. And uh,
1: so we cook the best uh, pizzas that we've ever tasted. So you, that's a casual for your listeners. And you probably have bragged about it. But for your listeners, I haven't. I've have never mentioned that? my pizza. These are oven. the best. I'm a pizza man. I mean, the reason that I have like a, a jelly belly right come here. On, bro. I'm Come a skinny on, guy with a. I'm a skinny guy with jiggly belly, and, right, and well, I'm a
0: fat guy with a
1: jiggly belly. And but I, I agree with and you. And that part, when people go, oh yeah, yeah, whatever. That when when they ask how to get abs, and they tell me I got to stop eating pizza. I don't want abs that nah, much. Like, I yeah. want the pizza. Oh, really? So I've eaten hundreds and hundreds of pizzas, and your pizza, Willie, is like a fine wine of some kind. <laughs> I couldn't stop. Did you see me? I just hovered over there. You did keep it, yeah. It was, I just uh, it kept, was impressive. For a so. two-hour stretch, I ate just a piece of every pizza that Last came out. Last night was the
0: first night I ran out of every ingredient I had. So we ate the sausage, the hamburger, the pepperoni, the mushrooms, tomatoes, everything. We went through the whole gamut of uh, my materials. and uh, But it's just a fun night. We've, we've had fun. and so. Uh, but what was so interesting was um, – so we start talking, and we end up sitting around talking. And Hank has a friend uh, that's come with him. And uh, it's the first time I had met. Yeah. First time I would met your friend. And uh, so the friend's there. So we're talking. Uh, we hit politics pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hit politics pretty good. We were talking about all sorts of issues. And then uh, uh, something. Um, Until
1: late. I And here's the thing. At 1030, after my 43rd piece of pizza. I'm thinking, man. I'm tired. I, I'm. I gotta like. Maybe we'll cash out. Everyone, people are kind of fading. People with kids I have left.
0: I showed up at 10:30 though. But yeah, I, he did come out. Yeah, Johnny I, I D showed up. Oh, late. he did.
1: Yeah, because I was like, but people were fading. People, were, people you know, were fading. Once I, I was got just there. getting tired, and I was like, man, I think I'm gonna turn in. I don't know how long this is gonna go. But I could get some good. Well, I didn't sleep know right that. Now. I was just tired, so I just thought. Oh, but I a-. thought
0: you were on LA time, so I was like, "Man, I've got to stay up two extra hours because <laughs> <No>. <laughs> anytime my friends come in from Los Angeles, it's yeah. like it feels
1: like it's, it's only six, o'clock six o'clock to o'clock. me, right?" So no, I was, I was standing up for you because I was like, "Man, I was like, this is our only night together. I'm going to stick around." So I drank a <laughs> bottle of water and sat down, and sure enough, we went. I thought the sun was going to come up, but something hit me earlier,
0: and I, I just felt compelled to ask your friend about where he was spiritually, and I um, uh, just. I don't know what it went. So I, I would it was so bizarre. I was just sitting through these conversations and thinking, I wanna ask this guy, you know, about baptism for some reason. And uh so what was it, three in the morning?
1: Well, I think it was four o'clock by the time you asked that question. Was it maybe uh, maybe yeah, three or four or yeah. 4. Yeah. And so uh and so I asked uh Six I ask, full a full six hours from when I thought I was gonna go to bed.
0: <laughs> six hours later. So I asked your friend, I said, you know, um you've been baptized
1: maybe you should be and he's like yeah i think i should and so and then you looked right at me and here i've been friends with this guy for years and you looked right at me and i thought you were going to look at me like how's this guy your friend and he hasn't <laughs> been baptized i immediately felt i felt <laughs> simultaneously I never, I never excited and like anything. oh no i here i am you gotta you gotta say this in front of him like because uh, we just had a conversation right. about how important it is and right uh,
0: yeah And so, uh, so uh, long story short, we end up in my newly made pond uh, that's by my house uh, that we kind of call the lake. But um, so it's the first time we went down in the water in that particular place and uh,
1: baptized your friend. It was just a, amazing. And I went in into my white suit with the holly powder Mm -hmm. on it. I wanted you in there I You said, wanted, I was going into the water Are there pictures
0: of this? I said you're coming I in. got a video yeah. okay.
1: I was the videographer And then Corey was the videographer Standing in the towel She was not getting in that water Corey was a part of it too it was, No it was awesome You so, guaranteed yeah. us by the way That there were no snakes in that pond mm-hmm. Which I sort of feel like Is that a guarantee you that can make? That is the worst guarantee You, could ever, think you <laughs> should not have listened <laughs> to
0: that <'cause> I've <laughs> never seen a snake in that pond There was a snake in your house well, there two was a snake ago. in my house two days ago, but there wasn't a snake in the pond.
1: But that's right beside the pond. But it, a pond, it, I mean, you, you, snakes At don't At some always... point,
0: you've got to just calculate the risk and just
1: <laughs> make it happen. Actually, it was, there probably is not any snakes great. in the pond. What I loved about there. what you did in, in last night, like to me the thing that was so important was my assumption was that my friend who we've had hundreds of spiritual conversations, my assumption was that he'd been baptized... My assumption was growing up Catholic and being connected to us, I just my assumption was that was kind of part of it. And I, what I loved about your question to him is that you took this long conversation we've been having about deep spiritual topics in every category, and you just made it practical, real, right then and right now. Hey, have you been baptized? And he says, no. And you go, well, let's, let's do it right now. And he just starts this nervous laughter of like – and I immediately I look at his face and I was like, oh, this dude is in. Like he loved the fact that in a sense the conversation had turned on to him going, these are all big theories. And I think spirituality can get that way where it's like this is big theoretical question or politics or whatever. And in reality, it's about your own personal journey and right. it's about the way that you connect to God personally. It's a way that you connect to each other and – you made that so practical and so real for him. That's what I find in the New Testament.
0: I mean, if you read the stories, there, it it's usually gets pretty simple, you know. And there were complex things back then for sure, you know, coming mm-hmm. out of you know the Old Testament into the New Testament into Jesus coming down, and then to to make that message as uh, simple, really, as Jesus made it, which Jesus would tell stories and would be super simple you know like oh look at the field see the things growing right yeah, it right. Just like, yeah absolutely literally just whatever in eyesight right. you know, could just point at something and uh and do that and so uh but anyway, it was a special night so we yes we've stayed up uh half the night and uh i love those stories and um uh we've had a lot of those stories that have happened over the years and uh uh, from all of us, and the Robertson family loves to share at that dinner table. A lot of those stories are about spiritual things that happen, and we mm. we come back and I can't wait to tell this story, and I can't wait to say, ah, oh, this is what happened because it's so encouraging to other people right. when they hear that and they go, ah, oh. totally, and it it spurs you on to just to really what you talked about last night in your lesson about you know you talked about the small talk and then yep. asking bigger questions asking things that impact people's lives and because so much of our lives just it's just conversation that means nothing you know it's just we're passing just getting time. through just you know passing time, yeah. just passing time and so getting in those things uh whatever it may be and so sometimes it does start with things like politics or things that people say don't ever talk about but you you start talking about things and you start uh getting into people's lives and seeing where they need help and so i love i love helping people and um as I know you do too, as, you know, working in the ministry, uh, which I did as well, uh, for a time, but, and I share with you that i I was able now to preach to so many more people now that I'm not, yeah. you know, that I don't work for the church. And I love it because they don't quite see you coming because they don't know quite your background. And so, sure. uh, I can get into a conversation and see the real them, you know, um, because a lot of times people see somebody religious, and all of a sudden they get religious, yeah, it's, oh, right? Hey, yeah. Oh, hey, hey, brother, Willie. put on a face for the pastor. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> I, that happens in business meetings with me. They'll come and go. Oh, brother Willie, we want to pitch you this product, I'm, yeah. and I am always leery when I hear the brother. Like, Hang yeah. on now. Is this? You know, uh, God put you on is my heart, Willie. Is, this, spiritual? Spirit or is yeah, gotta... this business? What? Uh, which one are we? Which one are we going to talk to? Yeah. Um, but you know what was interesting? What what I kind of came out with with this whole weekend um, was uh, I started thinking like. Um, Um, there was a couple that was there last night and the couple said, man, we needed Hank's lesson so bad. And I said to the couple, I said, well, maybe this is why, maybe this is why this happened Mm -hmm. is because, you know, you guys needed it. And I thought maybe that's why Hank was supposed to be here tonight. And, um, then I thought. What went on last night, then your buddy, then I thought, "Oh, that was it, yeah, right. that was why this happened. Then I started thinking, why do we think it's one thing that happens that makes you know something have meaning, right, so it would be like what if there's so many things going on spiritually that you can't pick one thing that right. happened, and I started thinking about my children, what if I told my child at thirteen say Now I know I had you. (laughs) What if I told Sadie, you know this Dance with the Stars? I know I had you now because you were going to be on Dance with the Stars. This whole time I've been wondering, I've been asking. And think of how absurd that is to think of one thing when you think of the meaning of something. Oh, it's that one thing that happened. And if you think about a child, you think, no, there's thousands and thousands of reasons why that you're. And so it just it gave me such a broader perspective that. It's not on us to figure out what the one thing. Oh, because I think people get caught up in that like, should I do this? Should I do that? Is this? Is this yeah. what God says? Is this what? Be, what if it's so many things interconnected? Um, kind of like a movie. Have you ever seen a movie where they interconnect six people's lives in this yeah, right. odd way? You know, and right? And it's things. like yeah, uh, you know, it's like oh, what a cool story. Yeah. You know, where all these things are connected. But what if that's what it is? There's so many things.
1: God has so many things going on. Yeah. Well, it's like it's the, all interconnected. It's like the snakes in the pond. You tell my friend there's no snakes in that pond because you haven't seen one. But you know that a pond in Louisiana, <laughs> around a place where there's snakes, you go, there's definitely snakes in that pond. <laughs> you may have thought there was alligators. I, there might even, uh, that, I think, I think it's, it begins with, I think faith starts with saying there's snakes in every pond because that's the environment. And God is a living, <clears throat> breathing God. He's going to be doing things no matter what. When I first see the snake, that doesn't tell me that there's now snakes in the pond. I know there's snakes there, and the one that I see just tells me that ah oh, they've been here the whole time. It's, right. yeah, I think it's the same thing as you described. Of those moments, tell you right. there awareness of, well oh, God's been here this this whole time, and I man I haven't I wasn't paying attention. Even right. when you have those moments like oh this is why I had my child or this is why I had my daughter. Right. I think it, it's still going. No, there's a God is up to st- all the stuff I still can't even see. So right. you you'd go. Last night, there's three things that you go, oh, this is why, this is why, this is why. And God's like, yeah, there's like a thousand. Right. <laughs> and I just, I, those are the only three I <laughs> guess. Those are the only three so that, that you don't even know you. about. There's yeah. somebody somewhere yeah. that you
0: have no idea yeah. what somebody was impacted in some different way. Could be you, could be me, could right. be any of us. And so, and that's what I love about what we're doing is that um, something positive happens out of a weekend. Now, we will go back. I, I had a friend uh, call me this week, a young brother in. A uh, guy that we led to the Lord, and uh, he was kind of discouraged, and he wanted, you know, he he needed some advice, and so I I, I gave him that advice, and I, and to try to help him out, and so I wanted uh, him to know that there was a bigger a bigger picture, and oh, we have uh, John Luke's dog visiting right now. Hello, dog, <laughs> which is another whole story. This dog got lost last night. Well, that's and, uh, the dog. He was found this morning. He was right? found. He was found. Oh wow, that's they that makes me feel so much better. stayed up all night looking for the dog, and the dog is entered the podcast. He just showed up, or where did they find it? John Luke went out in the woods, and he ran right back to him. Oh wow! So I spent a lot of time looking for that dog yeah. yesterday. That's amazing. Dog's gone. Dog's gone. Um.
1: Shoot! I told that dog other. threw you all forgot
0: to edit this one because I totally when I saw that dog because I forgot to
1: tell you they found realize, the dog. When one. you said that's the dog, I'm like I feel so relieved. When we got home, <laughs> we got home last night 4:30 in the morning. Charlie and I did a whole lap whistling for that dog. I was like the only thing that makes tonight perfect is if this dog that's been missing for the last and I felt partially responsible. We were shooting shotguns right, right. and I felt like well. We hadn't been shooting. Maybe the dog hadn't run away. So I was like, maybe this is the moment. This is what makes it perfect. And the dog never came back. So,
0: but no, John Luke called this morning like seven. Yeah, he texted wow. me like seven thirty. And he's like, "Hey, we found the we found the dog." That's and so, I mean, we're talking. John Luke's wife is bawling. crying. I mean, this is their dog, first dog. It's a big deal. That's like
1: fifteen hours of of looking for that dog. Yeah, I mean, that's that's and a the dog. That Full out search party. Fully
0: muddy, sticks all over him. Wow. Yeah, and, wow. <laughs> and what's funny is so Mary-Kate is out still looking for the dog. <laughs> John Luke doesn't know where she's at, so he bays the dog. The dog's at Oh, alive, no way. Still, anybody, She left like, her phone. Oh, no. She's looking for an hour oh, for a dog She's like still house. wailing at the dog. Oh, right, no. You know, uh, what's the dog's name? Uh, Pippa. 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 Pippa.
1: So, Peppa, like Peppa the pig? or Pippa. Pippa. I did not have confidence well, in a dog named Pippa. You, <laughs> I think worse, that's but. what you said. Or one of the guys said, man, if I was named Pip, I'd run away from you, too. <laughs>
0: now, somewhere in there, my son's looking for a lost dog all night, but we're having a Bible study. And yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just, it, and yeah. then the dog is you know, There's something. Like, there's something connected. There's with a these, lesson there. With these joys. <laughs> That's, That's there know. for sure. So anyway, last night was it was just unbelievable, Hank, and I'm glad you were here and your friend, and uh, we have got a great story to
1: to tell. Yeah, people. thank you for having me. Now, can I? Um, what's the rules of this podcast? Can I ask you questions? The
0: rules of the podcast are there are
1: no rules. Beautiful. So there are <laughs> well, no then ones. I can I ask you a couple questions because I'm a pastor in Los Angeles. Oh, shoot. so I'm a person who's a follower of Jesus in a very liberal place in the right. world, but part of that. Kind of liberal part of the world is that I'm I get exposed to a lot of really intelligent ideas that maybe expand my thought in a way that it wouldn't if I stayed in Ohio or parts of Colorado my whole life. So when I told people and posted on Instagram that I was coming to the Duck Dynasty, you know whatever the name now that we're going to name your ranch, when I (laughs) texted announced it, people started texting me saying. Dude, I was, they're like, well, you're going to Trump support. These guys are Trump supporters. Oh, really? And I and I was like, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, totally. Like, you got to meet these people. They're amazing. Like, I've stayed pretty apolitical. I don't announce things. We never use our platform at Mosaic to tell people how to vote or how not to vote. Right. But since I've got you here, and you are you did publicly endorse Trump, I would ask you I, the question I have for you is, uh, do you have any concerns? Do you share any of the concerns? that I would say even like a thinking conservative uh, Republican would have about a guy like the Donald?
0: Uh, Well, the honest answer is yes, I have concerns. I mean, I always have concerns about, especially, when I think when you put any amount of effort into any other human being, there's concerns, right? For sure. I mean, I don't know you as well, like, there may be something that somebody could say, oh, hey, yeah. by the way, he's, be he's this. Guy. And then yeah. i going, oh, no, I know that guy. Yeah, you know, right. totally. I was friendly with that guy, and totally. I put a picture of us up somewhere. So, any, I mean, <laughs> I think any person, you're, there's always like, you know, all you can do is hang out with a person, sit with a person, talk. And, right. and that's what I've done uh, with Mr. Trump. I was... I was always enamored by Donald Trump, just by right. We come from the same background. Ever since he's He's a business guy, he's in Home Alone. (laughs) I mean, that's
1: where I was like, "This guy's."
0: I say this, and I usually say it joking, but he's a business guy. He went into reality television from his business because he was successful. He had a super successful uh, television show, and so I understand that world, right? right? Because I was in business, and then we end up doing reality television. He's an incredible marketer of. Uh, many things, yeah. and so I always You thought- probably
1: have more successful products than he does. I mean, Trump's stakes didn't take off... Well, but you got you got a Duck Commander couch. I here. look at
0: it like he probably took more chances than I did, oh, okay, and okay. so I. But we've had
1: products that didn't. But I work, just mean you guys. Well, I didn't. So. I didn't think about that in the sense that you guys are peers in that sense.
0: <clears throat> right. I mean, we're kind. I, I kind of watched the guy, and I was like, Oh, this now. Whether or not I would like him or hang out with him, I had no idea. I didn't know. Sure. You know, it's right. like I don't know if I'd like the guy. I don't know his spirituality. I don't know anything really yeah. about him. And so then this political thing came up, which happens to be I enjoy politics and whenever you have a very successful television show like ours with a bunch of viewers and a bunch of people right. that like to see you politicians are attracted They're to it you, i mean yeah. they, want, they, your la- they, they want, want your people right i mean that's <laughs> going back of thousands of yeah, years of you want to be with the people who people like right because yeah. you're trying to get the people so this has happened this wasn't the first time this has happened and so uh and, but the way it happened was so unusual that it wasn't like Donald Trump called me up and was like, you know, Willie, I need-. it wasn't that at all. It was I was in a I was in a city and I just he was doing a rally. And in my mind, I was like, this is part of Americana that I'm going to tell my grandkids about. Oh. Back in 2016, yeah, right. you'll never believe it's the most interesting thing. This right. business guy, you know, came out and he was in politics, and and I was in the city. And I'm kind of the guy that's like, if I'm somewhere and something's, I'm like, let's go. I mean, what, what do we, you know? Sure, like I don't yeah. Second guess it, and, and I didn't think we about. We got into a pond at four in the morning to
1: baptize a guy. Exactly. So I figure, if you so were, I don't second. If you're in things, New York, and I say, I don't you're even think about my own
0: like. <laughs> Everybody knows who I am, and so I just like I'm just a dude, and I just want to go yeah, see right. what this is like. What sure. is this whole thing? And so it ended up he, uh, I was able to meet him, you know, because of the television. I was able to meet him, hang out with him, talk with him, and I really and he's a he's I've met a lot of politicians. This guy was like a normal person. Most politicians, most are. They're like a wax statue. Yes. They watch everything they say and they look at and they're looking at somebody else going, Is it okay to talk to this person? Right. right? Can I be you know, seen with him? Is this something that would help me, hurt me? And I hate that. You know, I'm like, yeah. dude, that's just that's just chit chat, you know. And Trump was just like he was. He was super nice, uh, super open and knowing that literally the eyes of the world are on this guy right now. And this guy could say, Look, man, I've got Something going on. Nice to meet you. Let's right. Do a picture. Keep moving. See ya. You know, it's like a meet and greet. It was not like that at all. It was come into my RV, hang out. We we'll talk. Awesome. We talk politics. We talk about things, and so. But I really said, I said this guy says some things that really appeal to me. I like the way that he wasn't asking for money. He didn't ask me for money, which is rare. Uh, most politicians <laughs> I've met have yeah, asked me for money. Insane. I mean, because then that yeah. goes with the success, because right. they're going, oh, maybe you can donate some money. And one night I was watching television and. Trump actually said they're cutting Christians' heads off in the Middle East. He made a point to say this has to be stopped. And at the time, I was so passionate about our brothers and sisters getting literally killed, killed, in other parts of the world that I live in in 2016. This is not, mm. you know, 1,000. This is not 1,500. The dark ages or something. This is not, yeah. this is going on right now and videoed and exploited and glorified. And I was so bothered by it. And some of the other, um, Christian politicians, I didn't really hear them say much about it, you know, and not that they they probably did at some point, but for me it was a big deal. And Trump actually made a big deal, and he was saying this has got to stop, and so that appealed to me. And so I was like, when I looked at my choices, I was like, this is the guy. It doesn't mean, if someone supports Bernie Sanders. It doesn't mean that I can't be friends with that person. I think right. that's the problem in this country. So, oh, you're like your friends were saying sure. like, oh, you can't or be you're friends going with him to Trump because town. of who yeah. he likes. As it doesn't matter. I have yeah. friends that support Hillary Clinton. That's fine. I mean, we right. disagree, but that's okay. I mean, we right. I disagree with my dad on things. He but didn't since, like, Can, I, he now, can backed, I ask
1: you some specifics, though? cuz since you do you are you are you have that relationship with Trump, you did endorse Trump? that my biggest concerns about Trump aside from all of those elements is there seems to be a way in which he speaks that creates the riots and the tension. And to live in Los Angeles where 55% of our population is Latino American, um, to be in a place where you go to be a white man in Los Angeles is a minority. Right. So I've got a city full of my brothers and sisters of Los Angeles, a Spanish city, by the way, uh, to be there and to have him say what he says about Mexico, that they're sending us the rapist. My neighbors and friends have come from Mexico right. legally, and they own businesses, and they run things, and they give to my church, and they serve in my church. He makes these big blanket statements. My biggest concern, and I guess this is where I would ask you, is like the things that he says about the Muslim population, the things that he says about the Latino population. Shouldn't a leader of our country, of the America that has brought all of the, you know, the melting pot of the world— has brought – my family came from Norway and Germany. Uh, Wherever our world's kind of come from, America was sort of that place that unified all of us. Shouldn't his – wouldn't we want a president who pulled everybody together as opposed to drew lines around different races or different spaces? Does that make sense?
0: It does make sense, and I think – not to get super complicated, but when you – when you lay out as leaders lay out statements and you start using language of what you're saying and what right. kind of the, the thing when that happens, if you take a, if you go back and you say, no, cause he said specifically this, this, and this. And so all of a sudden that's his whole mentality. Sure. sure. I don't think that's the case. I th- What if we, what if it was, what if it was proven? What if we had a Mexican official uh-huh. who literally said, yeah, I, I told these two people to go into America because I didn't want them in our country. And I said, get out of here. And I basically opened the door and let them go. So what if it was proven that that one specific was true? Yeah. Doesn't mean the entire thing. Right. And I don't know that Mr. Trump, because if you listen to him, he's like, I love Mexican bad. I hire Mexican bad. So you've got to look at the bigger picture and because we could say, I could say, oh, the world's. The world's so bad right now. But then you may go, oh, well, in this part of the actually, world, it's yeah. actually going great. Yeah, totally. And, and so you're like, totally. well, you know what I'm saying. The think, world is bad. So the question What I'm be... saying is I think Trump knows there's a certain amount of—there's some certain problems that are going on. I think if you back off and you look at a, a border that's supposed to be a border, right, right. there's a border at the White House. We can't just pour into it and go, right. hey, Hank, let's just jump the fence and run in there and yeah. check out the—you know, let's take selfies you at can't. the Oval <laughs> Office. We could if we you wanted to. You will get the— We've Beat down it. like you have <laughs> never gotten. You know what I'm saying? Because they're like, no, this is a line you don't cross. Hank, when you came into my house today, there's a right? it's a border, yeah. and, and it's like look, Absolutely. there's a it's a gate. <laughs> it's Absolutely, like, you got to know the code. You don't yeah. get in. And if you just if people start pouring over there, we would have problems. And so I think, I think in Trump's mind, I think he's speaking a very general thing. If you listen to what he say, he didn't call on Mexico. He didn't say Mexican people are this way. He said the Mexican government let some of these people go because it's yeah going to someone else's. And I think he made a point. When you see the reaction back to it, leaders say all kinds of things and then we react back to it. There's things President Obama said that I go, oh, I disagree. I can't believe you're saying this. And I'm the same way. I come into my house and I go, hey, tonight we're going to eat this. And I get a revolt from my family going, no, we don't want to eat that. We want to eat this. And you as a father
1: and you as a dad. You still, at the end of the day, you still draw your family. They have the confidence that you're pulling them together. Do you think, if Trump wins, mm-hmm. and I think you are you you feel good about that, if Trump wins, can we count on him to bring us together as a country? Can we count on him to draw us in unity? I mean, if you, if you take it from, like, even a spiritual direction, so much of the scriptures is about us being one tribe and one people, and there is no slave, no Jew, no Greek, no male, no female, none of these things. You go... Can can we count on him to pull us together, or will some of this divisiveness? Because I do think the part of the reason that he's gotten so popular is because he does talk about things candidly that has been sort of brushed by, or there's a party line to it, and you don't get to say it like you said. What am I allowed to say about these subjects? He doesn't care. There's no playbook. There's no right. speechwriter. So he's candid about those things, but that does create tension. Do you think if he becomes president, we can count on him to bring us together around the— around the the making america if great, that's, if the- that's
0: your supposition if that's if you think that one person can do that, then I'm not sure i don't put the burden on that one person. I think Americans come together despite who the leader is, sometimes helped by the leader, but Americans come together because of American people, not because of one can one person right. do, i don't know that one person can do. Any like a job, like especially in government, think about sure. how big government is. What really can I've always said that like, government is there's so many people that do so many different things, right? Uh, so, I think the American people can come together, and I think he can aid in that. I think he will. I think he, any president, whether it's Democrat, Republican, independent, any president will bring people together and do that. And so, in my mind, I think is. And where's God at in this? So if we believe in God, if we believe that God, right. does God put people in places? Has God used people in the Bible that we look at and go like, is that the guy you want to use? Yeah, you know? right, right. I mean, is that There's the person? There's not even a
1: king in the Bible. There's not even a king right. in the Bible that you go, yeah, I'd trust that guy. So if yeah, you you're... believe
0: in God, if, if you don't believe in God, I get it. Like, just let's roll the dice and hopefully right. everything. We're, hopefully Vote we're lucky. We've been lucky so, so far. Your, let's just yep. keep being lucky and all this. And so I think God plays in these things and there's a reason why there's some reason why he beat 16 other people that said that didn't say the thing that said right. oh, we're gonna all be together that yeah, even said sure. christian things said spiritual things and they're gone they're gone they're gone you're like wow this is strange and so it boils down to it's gonna boil down to two people that we have to make a choice and and either way i'm a, i'm not one of these guys who's like i'm leaving the country if th-. no i mean i President Obama and I do not agree on a lot of things. I've actually met him. He's a nice guy. I've been the most successful I've ever been in my life. I've been the most successful of us, probably of most human beings ever on the planet Earth, you know, was under President Obama. Yeah, right. Now, that's not true for other people. Other people I get right. that. Yeah. And the, but in terms of the, how it changes the your least, life. The least financial successful we ever were in our lives as Robertson's. Guess who it was under? Ronald Reagan. Wow. I mean,
1: yeah, right. odd, totally. but true.
0: Sure. I love Ronald Reagan. Sure. But we weren't, like, rolling in the money. We were right. working super hard. We were super poor, and we were working hard. And so um, I think leaders will come in. Like I said, I have a chance to uh, influence this in some way uh, just from my words and being around somebody, encouraging somebody to be, even to be more spiritual. And and who's to say somebody says, well, he's not this. They act like they never can be like, like he, he can never be converted. He can never see the light in some area. Sure, he can yeah. never say, you know, and some people may say, Oh, but he says this, but he's in a campaign. I yeah. think it's unfair to judge any person running for president and just judge them on
1: every sure. day. Every Do you think word. it would be a question? Do you think he sort of is like, I mean, I think the genius of what he's done is he's a wild card. He says whatever he wants. He does whatever he wants. See, a, I like that. That's a good wild card, Maverick thing for the reality show. That is, you're in reality TV. The presidential race is very much a reality TV show that we're all kind of paying it's attention.
0: Beco- to. It's become that.
1: Yeah. For, oh, for sure. Because I,
0: it's because of him, right? Well, and I think even... When's the last one you were like, oh, it's riveting
1: television. Oh, we've yeah, got, no. We've uh, got
0: Barack Obama debating Hillary Clinton. No, yeah, I mean, no, no. We've got Mitt Romney up against Newt Gingrich. Man, it is, it is is must-see TV. <laughs> now, so, we can't even remember
1: one line for me, though. Right. Like, In the midst of that, do you think that that wild-cardness, as, if, as he becomes president, what what will he do as the president? I mean, isn't there a sense in which, at least when a politician is sort of pandering or is sort of like, they're dropped in, they're locked in, they're not going to do anything too crazy. They're thinking about their legacy. They're thinking about what's best for the people that voted them into office. I feel like Trump's the kind of guy who's like, I don't care who voted for me, I'm going to make this decision. He's not, He doesn't seem beholden in, a, in an exciting way for media because they're like, look what this guy said and look what he's doing. That wild card maverick type president with the most powerful would be the most powerful person in the world. What basis, I guess, should we be looking at him going, we can trust that his wild card decisions, like I, I, we've only hung out for a few days and known each other for a few months, but I I think I pretty much get what informs you. I got a sense that you're about faith, family, and ducks. You know, like I've got like a pretty good, but I could probably guess if I was like, what would Willie choose here? I bet I could guess. With Trump, I'm like, I'm not totally sure what informs the guy, and I'm not sure who has that influence. Does that make sense? Like, So where is that? So as the president, he's the wild card. This is so it makes question. you
0: feel better thinking. Thinking, it's like the movie The Matrix. As long as you think, you know what there is. So if I voted for Barack Obama the first time, you know what I would say? He said marriage is between a man and a woman. That's the way it needs to be. So I would go, okay, that's good. At least I know that he, that's where he's at. What happened? Right, totally changed his mind. It's like, sure. okay, changed my mind. I'm off that now. I'm more. well, I can't remember the exact term he used. You know, I've rethought this, and now something changes. So I'm saying politicians change all the time. Right. They change from what well, what they said, and then all of a sudden they, change, they they change and the, was the game. Probably
1: informed by poll numbers more than anything. He exactly, was probably and probably making that choice one way or the other. Perhaps this and thing. Was, per-
0: whether because you're saying how would he be like? There's some sort of fear in people that says if i don't know what i think may happen then i'm fearful that the unknown that I, something may that happen that i didn't know about like as long as i right. know if he says i'm gonna go in there and we're gonna go to war you know as long as you know that yes. going in but you're there's some fear that that's you know that something may happen that you didn't know in advance right. so into that case i would say then what Makes you think uh, Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders, whoever. The other, we don't know what they. Yeah, well, who, I don't know what informs what, them either. Yeah. What would Bernie Sanders do? Do you really? Do you really say, <laughs> "Oh, I know exactly what that guy <laughs> no. would do"? But there, I, there's millions of people who go, like, "That's my man." He's What the would guy he do? In like the, what would he do him if, him. if uh, you know, uh, uh, China just wiped
1: out Taiwan right. and right. said, "I'm going in"? What would Bernie Sanders do? Right. Who
0: knows the answer uh, who knows? to that?
1: But I, I guess I go back to what I think makes America great is that the understanding of America is that the government exists to serve its people. Its people do not exist to serve the government. So I would hope that a president, in a lot of ways, would respond to poll. I hope a president is like, these are the people I serve, and this is what the people need, want, are asking for. The The majority who voted me into presidency, this is what I would hope they would want. What concerns me about Trump is I don't think he cares what I want. Does that make sense? I would put him in the same category as a person like Hillary Clinton, who's deep in the political machine. I'm not sure she cares what I want or need or what we as a collective want either, but I'm not sure that Trump cares what I want either. I think he's looking at it going, how can I make this thing work? I do think he has probably a lot of fresh ideas, a lot of fresh things, but I think that's my distrust of all governmental power is – I'm not sure you're here to serve the people of America. It sort of feels a little bit like you're pretty, you're pretty selfishly career driven. You're pretty uh, self driven. You're pretty. Chem- do you see that on the Democratic side as well? I do. I, I, I would say I see I'm, that. as I mean, I mean, political figures. I Dick mean, Cheney said there's...
0: something one time, and I never. I was like, wow, what a statement! I couldn't believe he said it, but and it's true. And I was like, that's kind of. Somebody said, well, "What about all these people that don't that that says." You don't serve me. You know, you don't care what I think or right. whatever. And Cheney said, I can't, I can't reference, it, I'll find it, but Cheney said, I only have to worry about 50%. The majority yeah. is what, that's who you have to, the majority of the people is who you're concerned. Yeah. So there's 49% of people that you totally disagree, will never vote, totally. will never like you, totally. will never hang yeah, out with that's you. that's true. Yeah, that's and true. And he's like. If there's 51% who does, then that's where. and it was an amazing state. I was like, wow, I never thought – because I think we start thinking collect, like uh, let's all of us. Well, Hank, especially you're in Los Angeles. I mean we won't agree on (laughs) so many things, (laughs) right? We won't agree on these things. So when it comes to be – I think uh, that what I like about Trump is the toughness because once you get outside of our borders and you're into the world now – you're into India you're into China you're into all these right. other places um, man you got to be tough I mean it, it's a tough, tough world and there's uh, my, my fear is that Americans don't even realize what the heck is going on in other countries and how bad it is and how much they want to come in they want to kill look at the murder it's murder they come in they kill they shoot every once in a while somebody will get in not happen. you know people will come in and just kill people for literally no reason. For, right. I mean, just we will kill – I mean, there's a reason Trump's, in there, but they'll just shoot people that don't like – they're not your enemy. They're just – Like even the prime alive. minister of
1: Germany. Do you think – like I always say, this is what I say. When I travel internationally, the way the rest of America thinks about the state of Texas is the way the rest of the world thinks about all of Americans. <laughs> they just do. You When you go to Texas, you go, oh, yeah, there's a Texan. There's an American flag tattooed on their body. Right. They carry Pistol. a gun in their car. There's a – You know, like everyone when I travel to Italy, when I go to Europe, when I go to Australia, they think they just they're looking for your cowboy boots and your gun in your hand. They're trying to figure out, did you try to get a gun in our country? Uh, What do you think the global perception of the United States will be? Again, people that we rely on for trade, people we rely on for peace, people we rely on to not uh, create war with us or bomb us or terrorize us. The global perception of the United States if Trump is our president.
0: I would hope that they would think that financially we have money. And I'm going to totally
1: but I feel like pull they, the steering wheel here. I feel like here.
0: probably. No, <laughs> I think money's a problem, Hank. Hey. You think people are worried we don't? Okay, let me just, the simple economics of me. I have been poor. I have had money, okay? I can do a lot of good things with money. Sure. I can look over. I can go in the grocery store and I can say, you know what, the guy behind me looks like he needs some help. I'm paying for his as well. Have you done that? Uh, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. amazing. Uh, I can go. That's so up. fun. I'm stealing. I that. left a gas. I'm that right now. I left a gas station last week, and there's an old boy sitting in the passenger side. In the, he's just sitting there. It just, and I walked out and I just flipped him a hundred dollar bill. I said, "There you go, buddy." Wow. And kept. Well, I didn't know who he was. Didn't know. And I don't. You know. And I hope one day, you know, he has a story like, man, I was, sure. you know, whatever. He's on
1: a podcast, and he's like, this bearded angel. <laughs> well, he showed up to me. He probably,
0: the bad thing is that West Murray probably knows who I was. But oh, it was okay. like, you know, I was just like, I like doing that because yeah. financially I can do it. There was a time when I couldn't. There was a time when people did that for me. There was, a, sure. there was a little lady at our church. I was in seminary, and she came up and she gave me $10 and for whatever reason I accepted the $10. This lady is super Miss Willa. Miss Willa. Willa gives me $10. Miss Willa gave you $10. And I'm like, "Thank you so much. Believe me, it paid off. It was a good investment cuz I've given her back much more than $10 <laughs> over the years."
1: It's <laughs> a <laughs> great investment. She, now she she's walking around giving $10 to everybody going. But this she is gave good. me $10. <laughs> it's it the same
0: white same situation. Yeah. I was this young 18-year-old seminary student right? And she and I, I The $10 was useful at the time. So I was like, somebody help so I can do that with money. America right now is in debt. Hank, if you show up right now and you go, Willie, this is awesome. By the way, I'm $3 million in debt right now. I can't pay my credit cards. Our whole relationship, if you told me that, would change. I guarantee you. (laughs) Okay. Right? Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you be like, if I told you, like... You, you have friends that are like totally upside down. They have oh, no money. Gosh, they have no yeah. deal. And then they're wanting to st- But they're still like, hey, let's start this business together. I'm yeah. like, hang bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bro let me yeah. tell you something. Yeah. So when you don't have any money and worse than not having any money, when you're so in debt, like you've spent all your money right. on all these different things. And then you're still wanting to be a player like, hey, I mean, I know these people. I'm friends right. with some of these people where I look at them going, bro, you're not you need to you need to. Ratchet it down. You Gird need your to, launch. right. You Gird need your to so
1: use the biblical phrase. We all
0: have to do that. There's times in my house. I went on Guys, look, we cannot spend this much money. Okay, so America is just out of control. Out of control of spending money. We spent every dime of everything. Future yeah, money. This money. Our we have no card, money. Our credit card. So when I look at somebody millions. like Mr. Trump, the only person that even understands the numbers to even fix things. These numbers get so many zeros. It's beyond. I'm a CEO of a company. I don't understand a budget that's right. trillion I don't I couldn't even I don't even know how to right. do that. Right. And so I'm like, Oh, here's a guy who understands big, big business. He's had losses, he's had wins, he's worked internationally. So financially we can do so much more. If your church if your church has no money and you're in debt
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is how many we've
1: been through a season like that. What well, how many
0: people can you hire? How many people can you yeah. send off to help uh missionary work? How many people how many uh classrooms can you fill out? How many uh, donuts? Can you buy for? Right. You don't have any money. Right. You can't
1: do it. And so, so you're saying the po- the global perception would be America has money now. It can be more of a help to the world. I sadly, I think global is pers- like we can't keep giving you all
0: this stuff. We've got to tighten right now, our belts. You feel like right. That's we've got to tighten yeah. our belts, and you're gonna have to help us. Like I said that with the all when Trump says with the all when we went into Iraq and lost lives and spent all this money, I thought. Mm-hmm. We should work out a deal. It's We're there. We're like, all right, right, we just helped you out, right? We just helped you out. We got rid of these. When we did Kuwait, we, that's how it started. When Kuwait right. was invaded by Iraq, we go over, and guess what? We spend a fortune over there to do it. We should have said, all right, Kuwait, here's the deal, okay? Either we're going to leave and let them walk right back in here and take everything, or we're going to work a deal out. You're going to give us this. You're going to pay us back this for coming over and helping you. Right. I mean – that's what I would if if I called my buddy. and I was like, "Hey, I'll come over and help all this." It may cost a thousand. They're like, "Hey, I'll pay you." So you thousand think it's dollars.
1: primarily economics? Because don't you think of the for the rest yeah. of the world? No, no, no. You said you
0: think it's primary. It's also economic. I think okay. that's a okay. big piece of this. Got it. If if I look at the godly perspective, I think maybe America is here to be a incubator of Christianity. It's a place that literally God circled and said. I'm going to do a bunch of amazing things with these people. They're fighters, they're messed up, they're br- they're not they're human beings. They're just like David, just like Peter, just like all these people who are messed up. But I've got a land here that's going to go help. Who helps all the who goes out and helps and pours and spreads the gospel of Jesus? Right there and um this is one of my main hubs is gonna be America. I'm gonna put oceans around all this stuff may have been thought about way before, you know, like we ha- I'm a resources and animals and oil and I'm I'm a poor you know, mm. all these things are right here. So if I'm looking at it from that perspective, I'm like, well maybe that's what it is. But also financially just us as a as a family, just a unit We can't just spend all this money and give everything. We can't do that and then expect to still be in the game going, Hey, we're still, I'd be like, you're a joke. You don't even have any money. You're broke. Right. You know, but we still go in and protect. What is this need for Americans to go in to protect people and help? We still have that. I think that's godly. I think that's who we are. We, on 9-11, guys run up the stairs and the building fall. They, what, and I was like, it's amazing the human beings, some of those people make, just more than minimum wage, literally, you may die, you may lose your life financially it'd be like it's a bad deal don't
1: <laughs> right don't yeah. go into a burning yeah. building that 's a bad deal because you can sense. make more right. money,
0: right. Right. But there's something in us that says we will go help you. When World War II, I mean, it's like we will come yeah. over and have. We cannot watch these atrocities happen wherever it is. So I, so when I see that about America, I think that's great. But financially, we we if this bubble bursts, and we're we're all going to be at. Then you, we will be open to more attacks. You know, imagine if we can't protect. Right. If we couldn't protect, people could just run up a boat up on the beach and just dump out fifty people that want to kill people. And so I I think it's not that I think it's all about economics. I think that's a we are treading somewhere where guys like Bernie Sanders don't understand what that's going to mean if we can't protect ourselves and we, we need money. Plus, we need money to do things good. And we... There's so much money going out to our own people. I mean, we right. we fund. I mean, a hundred million of Americans are saying we need money. We, you know, I mean, look at the job. There's like what's it? Ninety million people don't have jobs. I mean, it's. I mean, these numbers are staggering. You know, the work and all this. Thing. So I think it's all that. I think Trump has an idea. He is a gruff, hard guy. But you know, and you say it's a ma like he's some wild card. But it's no different than I've had conversations with family members and other people who have. Great ideas, but they're you'd be like ah couldn't be president because of this, but that's a great idea right and so your initial question do I have concerns yes, do I agree with everything he says no um if Hillary Clinton is a president would I move no would I try to make changes yes if i if she walked into my room I would say miss pres i mean I, I would be as cordial yeah. this is, I mean it would you know I would be as civil as possible and all that, and can disagree, right. and, I, and I hope, but still
1: be respectful of her.
0: I have, yeah. I think, when 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 Trump says he's going to send all the illegals back to me, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's kind of the art of the deal, where it's like I'm going to start here, oh, okay. I'm going to go in, I'm going to start you here, and we're going to end up here, yeah, you know? right. And right. so I think what he's saying is like if you break the law, I mean, if you if you break a law, then you should have to do this, you know. Um so, I mean, if not, then if what if Walmart said, uh, "If you, if you steal stuff, we're not going to prosecute." You know, we get it. I mean, it happens every day, and we're right. really not going right. to prosecute. No, if if they sense. said that, how much
1: more would
0: be stolen from We'd Walmart? We'd stop
1: by Walmart on the way to the airport. But there is some fear, right? There is a fear yeah, that you right. can't
0: just go in and take something. And well, but what if the argument was, "Well, people do it every day." I mean, mean, so then all of a sudden that becomes the norm. And once society starts breaking down, like where if I can just walk in and grab an armful of stuff and go, I'm taking this. You know, I mean, society, it's not that far from breaking down to where if, you know, look at the riots and the the loot. I mean, what what happens? Somebody disagrees. Somebody loses the Super Bowl. And all of a sudden we just go in and tear down buildings, burn up everything, steal everything you can. I mean.
1: It's like that's people. People are crazy. <laughs> people now, are crazy. So f- if Trump at uh, Trump's inauguration, are you going to are you going to say the prayer? Oh, of
0: course so. I. mean, if I were to ask, of course. Yeah, I would. right. I, mean, I would I feel- say the prayer at Hillary's inauguration. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I yeah, mean, right. so I guess we've got sense. to separate the Christianity from the government, right. which this country was founded on. You believe that that it was a separation? Right. I think a lot of Christians. The problem I have is a devout Christian who believes in jesus christ more than anything the problem is is we try to make this the same and i'm like it's not the same hundred percent jesus spent no time talking about overthrowing governments or who to elect and hey if uh uh, peter what i want you to do is you get in with the king and we you know and although that happened the old i mean there was influence influential people that were always around but jesus spent no time talking about it i think let the christian people deal with sin and sinful people and helping people and we will do that Please let me do it in a land where my family's safe, which up until this point we have been, and where my my country can protect us and my country is financially fiscal, not just make sure that we balance budget. So with the, if there is someone in need who says, man, I don't have a job. I can't eat. And I love it yeah, when the right, government right. – although Christians can do the same thing. They right. can help you eat. You know, right. I mean – they can help you. But it's great when the government says, ah, your bridge fell down. We'll come in and build it back for you so that you can get across the river. That's all I'm asking. Right. Of. Let me worry about all the social things. Let us yep. worry about that as Christians. I don't, and I think Trump has an understanding of that. And don't get, I mean, I think he would stay out of the way and just try to protect us, make us fiscal, responsible. That's the only two things I ask for in government. That's it. Right. We'll deal with everything else. Uh, that's kind of my view of the politics and I and so it concerns me. I'll try to change it. I don't think everything he's saying, but you know, I'm going to still do my Christian duty, and I don't put my Christian faith exactly on a politician, on oh, my mayor, on oh my. It's great when I hear like, sure. oh, they're a Christian. That's awesome. That's cool. He goes to church, but they could be a yeah. mother, they could be nothing and be a great governor. They could right. be a great mayor. They could be a great president. They could be a great senator who do things of what you need to do. It doesn't, you know, and hopefully we get a chance to actually convert that person cuz i never weeds him out like oh you'll never get that person that person was my father my dad was the guy like do not hang out with that person he is a horrible person mm. somebody went and asked him the same question said i think you should get baptized at 28 years old he turns his life over he was abusive to us abusive to mom he was uh, an adulterer he was a fight. He all he was just a terrible person and all of a sudden, he makes a change, and now he turns into a totally different person, which is the story of Jesus and what he said 2,000 years ago. It happened in my own life. Mm. Tr- changed the whole direction of my life, my brother's lives. The one decision he made impacted not just our family. So my view of Christianity is, I don't know what happened, but when I was three, my dad turned into a totally different person. So it's cool. It was a great thing that yeah, happened. Right, but it right. actually ended up impacting millions of of people, if you think about mm-hmm. television and all over the world. So that decision impacts. So whether it's a politician, whether it's him, I never say, oh, give me a chance to get that message. It won't be Willie Robertson, The how powerful he is. The message of Jesus has the power in itself. Hmm. I just have to deliver it. Yeah, right. I just have to do things that are, I have to open my mouth and do things. So when I think about, that was the point I was making earlier. All these things that happened, we're trying to figure out what exactly it was. I told my friend, I said, You have to, there's a difference in being a Christian and being somebody that's active who does things. Hmm. Because if Corey and I don't decide to invite you over, if we decide not to have you over and invite people and do this, everything that just happened the last two days doesn't happen. Right. There's a lot of powerful stuff that happened the last two days in our lives. So you have to do something. People that sit around and do nothing, and nothing happens, and they're expecting some amazing results. So Christianity, whatever it is, you have to do something. You have to get in there and be active in that. Yep. Open your mouth, invite somebody, ask somebody a question, and get a conversation started. If you don't start the conversation, if you don't do it, if all you're worried about yourself and your, you know, your car and your this and that, then, you know, Life's going to play out like it's going to play out. And so that's kind of the way I see As people that are active. You're going to step in some holes, but you're also going to do some amazing things. And uh, I'm happy to be involved in the pod and all the stuff. I just love, I mean, yeah, right. I just love, you know, and for somebody to say, well, I will not speak to you because of somebody
1: that you vote for. Yeah, totally. That's
0: insane. Yeah, and that I shouldn't be in America. That should things, not be an American thought. The two things we should most be Compelling
1: that. to me are the two things, and you said it a little bit last night, but even said it now. Is you uh, are supporting a person that you can, that you have a relationship with, and you have influence over. That's your way of making a difference. If you have, you support a person to get there because. you But have if a I didn't, to, I may still support. Sure, right. sure. I mean, there's. I a lot just think of that's a compelling uh, like a, agreement or argument for you. Kind of getting to that place, and I think the second piece, or the thing that um, I guess I'm aware of, is how I last night while we were eating pizza was like not so sure about Trump. I didn't get uninvited to the house. You didn't. You kept. Yeah. You let me eat seven more pizzas. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like I yeah. feel like that's a big part of where politics, to me, is whether you're on the Trump side or not. Is that when you're thrown over a police car or lighting it on fire or not talking to people about what they believe. It's the same story. It's about just being open handed. And my question is, why aren't people more curious about things like asking questions about, OK, why is Trump gaining steam as opposed to saying there must be a lot of uneducated people? Right. On the And on the other side, there's too many liberals. That's right. why it's just like it, I would. My hope would be that. People would lean in and ask questions, well, but, and that's what I appreciate about you. But they're
0: assuming that it's they're assuming it's negative, right? Well, these people sure. are racist, or they're you know, and for sure. So, but but, it, but they're but assuming media is the issue. Media is, is shaping questions. this as well. Media does help to shape what for people sure. think as they pour it into their minds through the internet or through television, and they pour this. Somebody has an agenda, and somebody yep. you know, and sadly, most of it's just for ratings. So they want ratings, so for they sure. just blow this stuff up. There was also a guy eating pizza last night who was, does not even believe in God. <laughs> Bernie Sanders. And he's a too. big Bernie Sanders <laughs> yeah, guy. And he too. was sitting right there across from us eating the same pizza. And we're having and, a conversation. And, I show and him you the- called
1: him a socialist. <laughs> him-
0: and he's laughing. And we're laughing <laughs> together. we like, like, hey, it was all a huge... But he is invited to my house and we will share ideas because I haven't given up on him. Because yeah, right. one day, I mean, this. Is, so I think that is where I'm at, which is let's just sit down and let's have conversations and disagree. Yep. But, man, we are... The same people that don't like Trump and say, oh, he's building this border. You're telling me they don't have a border at their house and say, you ain't getting in this house if you don't believe like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's far worse. It's like you don't get into our club unless you believe what we believe. But they're going to dog Trump for saying something about a border when we're building borders all over the place. And so that's when now I've got to pull myself back into Christianity. Now, as a Christian, it's a totally different deal. So what I would want, Hank, is when you sit with somebody who goes, man, I can't, that Willie Roberts, I can't, you know, he's a Trump supporter or whatever. I would hope you say, as a Christian, if that person is a Christian and a believer, is for you to say, there is nobody else I would want sitting with him at any point than that we've got a person right there. I would say the same thing about you. Hmm. And I would, if you were buddies with the governor of California and I, and you said, we're good friends, and we talk all the time, it would help me go, on, ah, that's great. Because there's a brother in Christ who I know who is knowledgeable, who is who has a lot of skills, who is in the circle that is able to talk and share ideas with a leader, hmm. and that's going to be helpful. Yeah, so it right. makes me feel better when I go, oh, man, if I knew that – uh who uh you know, if Irwin were talking to a president, I'd be like, That's fantastic. That's yeah, good. Right. I'm not there to do it. Right, but sure. If Irwin can do it, sure that's Christian that's brotherhood, yeah, right? right. I mean, that's what we're I mean, that's what we feel and we say we he I hear made that. all of us. He made yeah, I hear that. tons of different people with tons of different I mean, to think that it's some guy with a beard <laughs> yeah, totally. it, like to think No, that, and I
1: think if I can say one one thought on you and your family would be I don't think I had any idea how kind you are and I don't think I knew even for one bit how open-handed and confidently and comfortable in your own skin and just even open-handed on the dialogue. We talked for for six hours last <laughs> night about all the issues that we don't have time to dive into on this podcast, but I've just been moved. And I think when people see me post about you guys or see us post about each other and ask questions like, what's that like? I think they see the caricature that I think the media has made your family, right? And I get to go – I have I went to school on how to be a family every time I hang out with you guys. Whether yeah. we hung out in Dallas and we hang out here, I just learned so much about the kindness and the generosity and the way that you guys together. So I think even people who are listening to this podcast who might – I mean I think they probably feel things about you and they know you're the real deal and they know you guys are there. But I think the thing that's most moving to me about being with you guys is how kind and open-handed and how – uh, just truthful and trustworthy right? you guys are as people. So to me, the thing that I trust is, uh, man, if you guys have influence over a person who may be the president of the United States, uh, I feel better about that. Well, and there's
0: a lot of people and I appreciate you saying it. And I'd rather you say it than we say it about ourselves. But I think there is a kindness. So whenever the media or whoever says that you're not, it's hurtful because you're going, ah, oh, you yeah. know, when you say, ah, oh, Phil's not, I'm like, Feels the kindest, loving guy, you know, and so, and so that's why when I look at somebody like Trump, I realize the media is going to come after, and they're going to they're going to do these things, and so
1: and you guys share that experience too, right? Of exactly, and what what, what got things.
0: Corey was. When you meet the kid when you meet a family and you see the love and respect and all that that doesn't happen. you've got a young family, sure it doesn't happen by accident right, right. <laughs> so it, you just don't <laughs> accidentally have awesome children who are respectful and all this yeah. I mean believe me it there's there's a lot that goes in there, so that has to be years, years of forming that to where people get like that because a lot of people aren't you know their kids are just off the deep end and they're out of control and so, and a lot of times that comes from a, a lot not all times but a lot of times that comes out of an out of control family you know something's not right there right something's right. not right in the home whether it's single parents or what you know and problems come out of that and we have to look at it make those judgments and say it's better like this better when a family stay it's better when it's like this and so i think that's where we're at in america it's a it's a great conversation uh i'm trying to make it more civil uh every time i'm on a talk show or in the media, just trying to be civil and say, Hey, let's just let's share ideas. We're Americans if we're Christians, if we're Christians, we're Christians, all right? That's a whole different deal. Then we're Americans, okay? This is the country we live in. Alright? And we should love each other. The Bible commands that love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, these are, uh, you know, if you live that out, it's going to come out in kindness. Right. Right. Totally. You should see that. Right. So you should see that as a fruit of our lives. And then there's other people in the world that are still our neighbors too. And we love them too. We love people from Mexico and Canada and China and all these people. And we try to figure it out and get together. However, there's a lot of evil in the world. There's still murder, sex trafficking. I mean, there's, you know, all these things that are bad and somebody has got to, Somebody's got to say, "Hey, you can't do this." You know, you can't, you can't exterminate Jewish people. That can't happen. You right, know, totally. and we've had to deal with that, yep. and people die, and it's horrible, and it's war, and it's, people are killed, and cities are wiped out. I mean, you know, these things happen, and so um, I just try to keep both perspectives. You know, the God perspective of where I'm at, the government perspective, and then. All the way down to even television. Then you got to do a funny show and a silly show that does that. But it's impactful, you know. Yeah. And so all these things in the same brain and the same heart. So, uh, Hank, thank you so much, man. What a uh, we have. Uh,
1: this is <laughs> we hit our we hit our twenty five minutes. Is the I longest,
0: think. yeah. This is certainly the long. I went long to figure one. this out in the edit, but uh, <laughs> this is a, a great um, great time with you. Thank you so much for coming down. Uh, you've helped me this weekend and. Uh, We're going to just be better people, and thanks again for coming. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.